In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit has many names, many titles. Many of them are found in the ancient hymn, Veni Creator Spiritus, a hymn associated with ordinations that dates to the ninth century. The hymn uses various biblical titles to address the Holy Spirit. Creator, the gift of God, fount of life, fire of love, the soul's anointing, the finger of God, the true promise of the Father, our preventing guide. But there's one title for the Holy Spirit I want to contemplate with you this morning, the title unique to St. John's Gospel, namely, The Comforter. If you love me, Jesus says, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. When Christ speaks of the promised Holy Spirit as the Comforter, what does he mean? That's the question I want to ask with you this morning, because thinking about the Holy Spirit as the Comforter can take us to some unexpected places. Let's start by thinking about what the connotation the word Comforter has for you. Maybe it's a word that seems soft to you, as it were. Soft like a warm quilt, perhaps. Maybe one called a comforter. Or maybe you think about a mother softly comforting her child. That last, at least, is an image the Lord is content to apply to himself. As one whom his mother comforts, so will I comfort you. The Lord says to his people Israel through his prophet Isaiah. And St. Paul speaks of the Lord as the Father of all mercies and the God of all comfort, who, he says, comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them that are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds by Christ. And the psalmist prays, when many cares fill my mind, your consolations cheer my soul. So when Christ says, I will not leave you comfortless, he evokes just this sort of comfort, comfort as consolation. This is maybe even more evident in the original language, which reads literally, I will not leave you as orphans. I will not leave you bereft with no father or mother to comfort you and dry your tears. I will not leave you comfortless, he says. I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter. So from this perspective, the Holy Spirit is the comforter insofar as he brings the consolation of Jesus Christ to bear on the lives of his disciples, on those who love him and keep his commands. 
When Socrates died, his disciples felt themselves to be orphaned and comfortless. But not so with the Lord Jesus. He promises another comforter who will abide with us forever. The comforter, the one who brings the consolation of God, the consolation of Christ, the spirit who brings solace. And we are in need of consolation these days, are we not? Days of political gridlock and partisan strife. Days in which lying ideologies and disinformation spread like cancer in the body politic. Days marked by rising inflation and the threat of recession. Days of unprovoked war in Ukraine. Days that have been shattered by gun violence, from the racially motivated terror in Buffalo to the slaughter of the innocents in Uvalde, to this past week's shootings in Tulsa. Days in which the damage and decay of sin and the groaning of the whole creation for redemption are manifestly on display. And at such times, there are many places that we might be tempted to look for comfort only to find there a false comfort that leaves us worse off. The distractions of social media or the darker corners of the internet, the lying certainties of various ideologies on the right or the left, the heedless pursuit of pleasure or worldly success, the bottom of a bottle, the carrying comfort of despair. But the gospel teaches us that there is one place to look for true and lasting consolation to the Lord Jesus. He promises that he will send his Holy Spirit to comfort us and be with us always. Who says also through his holy apostle St. Paul that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God, Paul says. Because the creation itself is, will be set free from its bondage to decay and obtain the glorious liberty of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning and travail together until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we await the adoption as sons the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we are saved, Paul says. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. And likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with sighs, with groans, too deep for words. Well, to understand the comfort that the Holy Spirit brings is not just a warm blanket, but to understand it in its older etymological sense. It is comfort in the sense of strengthening, of giving support, of fortifying in distress. Our word comfort derives from the Latin word for strong, the same word from which we get 
the word forts, sort of the sort of comforts provided by a fort, the comfort found in a stronghold or a fastness in a time of danger, a Psalm 46 kind of comfort. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth be moved and though the mountains be toppled into the depths of the sea, though its waters rage and foam, and though the mountains tremble at its tumult. Paraphrasing this psalm, Martin Luther sang, A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. And this helps us to see that the comfort the Holy Spirit brings is not a mere cessation of tribulation, but the strength to patiently, even joyfully, endure the sufferings of this life. Think about what happened on that first day of Pentecost. How Jesus, after appearing to his disciples for 40 days after his resurrection, just before he returned to the Father, told his disciples to wait in Jerusalem. And he said, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And ten days later, on the Feast of Pentecost, the disciples were together waiting and praying, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and they sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And then that motley crew, many of them unlettered fishermen, burst out into the street proclaiming the wonderful works of God at the top of their lungs and in many languages, so that some of the passers-by thought that they were already drunk at nine o'clock in the morning. And St. Peter the fisherman was made a theologian, and he preached a sermon for the ages, and thousands believed and were baptized. And the apostles were sent out from there to turn the world upside down, joyfully proclaiming the good news of Jesus to the ends of the earth. And they were able to do this because they had been given the Comforter, the one who strengthened them to bear joyful witness to the Lord, even unto their deaths. And so we see what the comfort of the that the Holy Spirit brings what it looks like throughout the Acts of the Apostles. It looks like Paul and Silas singing hymns in prison. It looks like Stephen praying for the forgiveness of those who are about to stone him to death. It looks like numberless multitudes of Christians throughout the ages rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer for Christ Jesus. Bring it a little closer to our own day. You might say that with Martin Luther King Jr., that the comfort of the Holy Spirit looks like the church whenever it has been, as Dr. King says, not merely a thermometer that recorded the ideas and principles of popular opinion, but a thermostat that transformed the mores of society. Whenever Christians have pressed on as King says, in the conviction that they were a colony of heaven, called to obey God rather than man. And so by their effort and example, they brought to an end such ancient evils as infanticide 
and gladiatorial contests. Such is the comfort that the Holy Spirit brings, the strength to proclaim the name of the Lord in the midst of great deals of discomfort. The work of the Holy Spirit in the end is to conform us to the life of Jesus, who went not up to joy, but first he suffered pain, who says, whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. And again he says, in the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, or persecution or famine, or nakedness, or peril or sword? Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither life nor death, nor angels nor principalities nor powers, nor things present nor things to come, nor height nor depth, nor any other creature, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the power of Pentecost. This is the comfort of the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information, go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.